It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matthews was magnificent against the Panthers. What does this mean for the Buds as they inch toward the playoffs? Let's get into it on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the March 24th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. Be sure to find those podcasts wherever you can. And uh, you can also catch us on YouTube as well for the video format of this show we post new episodes each and every morning weekday five days a week uh click the little notification bell on youtube as well to alert yourself to when you get the new drops um big dub for the maple leaves good response game out of them uh you know tough performance we talked about it after tuesday night's loss to the islanders and then coming up against a pretty good team who's played Excellent hockey the last six weeks or so um, going into their building in Florida. I thought this was a terrific bounce back response game at the Leafs. Yeah, I mean, I was hard on the core after that loss to the Islanders. I said that if these guys are not going to perform, like, like the Leafs' chances of moving in the playoffs were not going to be very good. So you see what happens when the core is engaged and playing well. And I, I think the important thing for Austin Matthews, yes, two goals. Crucial. We haven't seen Matthews really put the puck in the net as much as he did last year, but it was brought up many times in the broadcast, and for good reason. Austin Matthews' defensive game, like that's when he is at his best. Yeah, right. The Leafs have been spending too much time in their own end, making too many mistakes. They needed to come out with more of a purpose in this game, and I thought, yeah, I mean, it's no, it, it doesn't surprise me that Austin Matthews was the one leading the charge in this game because they. He, he needed this game, I think. they Well, a lot of guys needed this game, but I think especially him just to, you know, hush a little bit of the, the talk that's been happening the last couple of days. I'm going to give you a, a multiple-choice quiz really quickly as to who do you think needed this game more? Austin Matthews, who continued to look, and he had a multi-goal game, scored twice, looked great, did take a puck in the pills. That probably didn't feel too good. So Austin Matthews, Matt Murray, and the performance that he had tonight, he was spectacular. Michael Bunting, who got off the schneid, and Alex Kerfoot, who breaks a 25-game goalless drought. You can even toss Nylander in there, who went four games without a point, too, breaking that uh, that little blip tonight. Like, which one do you think, which player is most excited about uh, about tonight's game? I think it has to be Kerfoot. 25 games without a goal. Like, geez, Olu, bud. <laughs> like, Dude, talk about puck luck. He he was so unlucky. Like, he had a few opportunities to score. And I think he did score one around 
And there was like 13, 14 games in. He scored one, and then it got reviewed and, and taken off the board. And then he won another like 10 games without scoring a goal. He did get that shootout winner uh, over the weekend in Ottawa. But, uh, yeah, he ends up getting off the schneid. And, man, what a monkey off the back that's got to be. And hopefully they start to kind of drop for him a little more as we inch closer to the playoffs. But, you know, good on him for getting a goal, bunting also. I don't know if you saw my tweet, uh, but – people are saying not me people are saying that uh i reverse jinxed both bunting and kerfoot tonight and both of those goals were in spite of me so i tweeted remember bunting had that one really good look he got a breakaway chance and he tried to cut across the net and bobrovsky made that really nice stop and i did like bunting kerfoot with the the handshake emoji you know, like that little meme type of thing. Do you have the tweet, actually? I, I guess that to you. But, um, yeah, there it is. So the first one, bunting Kerfoot little handshake emoji. It pretty much was just like both you guys, both of those players just can't buy goals right now. I think bunting has like one in his last 11 or 12 or something like that. And Kerfoot obviously scoreless in his last uh, 25 leading into this one. So that's kind of what that meant. And then I got chirped about it because bunting went on to score and then Kerfoot went on to score, and uh, then I quote tweeted and saying, man, does this tweet ever have a completely different meaning an hour later? Now they're shaking hands saying, look at you, buds. We both got off the schneid tonight. Just, just, it, it, It's just funny because I, I, I didn't even know it was Bunting that scored on the five-on-three. By the way, five-on-three? <laughs> That's hilarious. The Dude, one how do you go 70 games without getting a five-on-three? That was that like when I heard that stat, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, they haven't had a five on three all year. What? I mean, I knew they hadn't had a five on three all year. I it just didn't dawn on me that we're at no, we're past the 70 game mark of the season. And I was just like, wow. And the best part of that was it took them six seconds <laughs> to score oh, yeah. with that five on three. It was almost like they were so jacked up about it. They were just like, we're not even going to really savor this. We're just going to we're going to get it done because I think they knew themselves really that 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 was kind of, that must have been lingering with them that, oh, we hadn't had one in so long. So let's uh, let's make the most of it. So we've chatted bunting Kerfoot Matthews. I think the other big story of tonight's game that we got to discuss is is Matt Murray and how exceptional he was tonight. He was great. I mean, arguably only allowed one goal. I mean, the fact that he got kind of screwed over by the the webbing, I guess you could say, like just based on how beautiful that save was, they should have just freaking called it a save. Like don't even review it. Just give him that save because he was able to make it. Here it is. If you're watching it on YouTube, we're showing it right now. First of all, just makes the, the acrobatic save with his butt and then on the on the rebound has the wherewithal to just chuck the glove out there and catch a moving puck in midair and seemingly did it without putting the puck in his glove over the red line over the goal line but then upon review you could you could just see it in the webbing which is so unfortunate if he had a dark glove wasn't a white glove but a dark glove with like black mesh or black uh um yeah mesh and, and whatnot I don't think they would have been able to overturn that goal because I don't think it would have been conclusive whether or not that was a puck or if that was webbing of the of the glove. Yeah, it, it reminds me. Uh, I'm dating myself. I might be dating myself here, but do you remember back in the 2006 Olympics 
Like Team Canada. Can I can I just say something quickly? Yeah. If you're under 30 years old, I don't think you're allowed to use the phrase. I think I'm dating myself. How many people don't remember the 2006 Olympics, though? Like, to be honest, dude, a lot of people. Okay. It was not that long ago, man. Like, it's not like we have eight-year-olds watching. I mean, there might be some eight. I was gonna say we. Hey, I'm not. I'm. You know, we got to make sure we're we're getting to our young young uh, young guys out. I'm pretty sure our our biggest demographic is like 24 to 56 or something like that. Most of those people remember 2006. Anyways, proceed. Uh, it was against the Swiss. I think Martin Gerber was in net. Mm. Team Canada appears to score a goal. But the they called it uh, off, saying that the puck did not cross the line. Um, and I don't think there was review at the time because clearly on review, the the glove was actually in the net. Mm. I remember it was very controversial. It was all in the papers the next day. If any of you remember this, just let us know in the comments uh, because I'm just remembering this off the top of my well, head. Well, I don't want to date myself here, Dave, but if you want to go a couple of years prior to that in the Stanley Cup final. Oh, we're going there. Marty Jelena won the Stanley Cup for the Calgary <laughs> Flames. That puck that Habi Bulin stopped, and I use little air quotes for those who are listening, the puck with, a, with his pad, but upon review, again, no video review back in that day, but upon review, you saw that puck and that pad was fully over the goal line, and that should have been a goal, and the Calgary Flames should have won the Stanley Cup in six games, and they should have been Stanley Cup champions. Jerome McGinley should have retired a Stanley Cup champion because of that goal. So it it's it it happened in the past. So then they decided, oh, let's change it. We can take a look at things now. This is what video review does. And if you watch the video here, you can just see it in the pad. Like you just see a little black puck just squirt over the line there. And if he was legitimately if his glove was two inches closer to him it wouldn't have fully crossed, but you can see it's fully crossed. And I mean, it is a goal at the end of the day. It certainly is a goal, but man, what an effort Murray made to try and negate it at the very least. Cause that that's one that you, you wouldn't have even been upset if he gave up on it. Cause he was so down and out. If that, if he somehow kept that puck from crossing the line, oh, pull out these eyes here, save of the year. Save, save of the year. And, and we just saw a save of the year candidate yeah. the other day, right? With Ilya Sorokin. Uh, that, that was, was just like a sequence. You had the one, like, went off his ass, and then he yeah. corralled himself and had the wherewithal to, to also attack the rebound. It's like that whole sequence was insane. But, uh, anyways, ended up being a goal. And, um, you know, so he allowed two goals on the night, but was honestly spectacular. Um, the question I have for you, Dave. And I don't know where I – I think I know where I sit on this. We've had this conversation before. But if he continues to play like that, do you think it's possible that Matt Murray could win the job down the stretch here? Could he win the starter's role and be the game one starter if he puts forth four or five more games just like that? Well, the the funny thing is is that somebody brought up – I was actually trying to find the – Trying to find the tweet, but it was like that Murray and and Samsonov, like their road and home splits is just unbelievable. How like how yeah, Mur- Murray's great on the road, terrible at home. 
opposite. Murray is or uh, Samsonov great at home, awful on the road. Yeah, it's just so weird how like the the two of them are just so polar opposite there. But look, Samsonov has looked great at home. Murray's looked terrible on the road, uh, great on the road. I think that that's gonna that could weigh into how Sheldon Keep kind of divvies up the starts here. It, it could very well do that. Um, it's been talked about a lot about how how much the uh, Leaf Brass loves Matt Murray. They have their faith in Matt Murray, so that's why I think there's still that inkling of a potential that if he continues to play well down the stretch, he could get it because he's got the one thing that Samsonov doesn't have, and that's playoff experience. And I think that's something that has weighed heavily on this team ever for the longest time. Got a bury in the lead there, Dave. Oh, I mean, he won two cups, yes. Yeah, two cup rings, I think, is is a little bit more than just experience. But like, but, like, everyone knows what the experience is. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just, it's just he has done it. Yeah. Right? And a lot of coaches believe in that. They... They see how Murray acts, how he's there day to day, and how they believe he can handle the, uh, you know, how they handle those sort of situations. You see what they did. They brought in a bunch of guys who have that playoff experience, winning cups. You know, like I, that's where I'm, I'm leaning towards Murray, it, just in that regard. Do I think Samsonov has played better? Absolutely, especially at home. Like you have to think about that, but. You know, I think it's still too early to say for sure. Murray's at least getting more games under his belt. He's getting his confidence back because it definitely wasn't there when he came back from his injury. So I still think there's time before we can really make this a thing yet, in my opinion. I know there's not, there's what, 11 games left? Yeah. So you have 11 games to work it out. Well, yes, 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 and no, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I still think Samsonov has earned that top job. I don't think he's lost it. And I think based on, you know, the consistency he's played throughout the season and, and assuming that they end up with home ice advantage, they're up, what, five points now with, with a game in hand? Like, they, unless something happens and they really go on a tailspin here, I think they're getting to a point where it's pretty close to securing home ice advantage. Um, you know, you're probably going to go with Samsonov. But I'll say this, and you know, it's not even the first time that I've said this. I have faith in both goalies. My faith in Murray was never performance based. It was always him and whether or not he could stay healthy, right? But when he's in the net, he's given the least pretty good goaltending. Same with Samsonov. So goaltending is really not a question mark, I don't think, like most thought it would be. And I get it, neither are Andre Vasilevsky. Like you're always going to be losing the goaltending battle. But guess what? Jack Campbell wasn't Andre Vasilevsky either. And what happened last year? It went to game seven, and it was decided by a goal. So, you know, I, I think that uh, the Leafs will be in fine shape with whoever ends up being the starter between the pipes, whether it is Matt Murray or whether it is Samsonov. But that's now two starts in a row where Murray has looked pretty good. And tonight, I think, was was even you know better, arguably, than it was on uh, on Saturday, and that is encouraging at the very least if you're a Leaf fan and if you're Kyle Dubas and, uh, and Sheldon Keefe. All right, we'll continue to uh, break down the game. We've got our three stars we got to get to, and also a conversation about Morgan Riley, who did not play tonight, which was weird. So we had to talk about that as well. But before we get into any of that, 
Let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, and it's FanDuel. The tournament's heating up. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. It's North America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. You can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads, goal scores, shot props, whatever you want. They got it all on the sportsbook, uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, it's safe, secure, super easy to use, so don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1 thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up make every moment more with FanDuel. Gil Martin here host of the Locked On NHL podcast join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Leafs with a 6-2 win over the Florida Panthers. A big-time bounce-back victory um, and a good win. And that's now you look at the wins that they've been able to accumulate over the last little bit. We keep talking about how since the trade deadline, you know, the team as a whole hasn't looked great, but they've got wins against Carolina, Edmonton. They've got a win against uh, now this team, right? You got to win against Florida. Who's in a playoff team to beat Jersey? They got to win against Jersey yeah. as well and Carolina. Like, so they've got some big wins. Maybe say Carolina, but they've got some good wins under their belt against playoff teams. So you know, it's it's definitely more of an encouraging sign to look at that and focus on the positives than to say, yeah, they've been a roughly 500 team since the deadline. The good thing is when they're playing playoff teams. They've got a strong, strong record and continue to add to that tonight against the Panthers. Yeah, let's not forget that they've also not had Ryan O'Reilly in the lineup the last little bit here. Uh, They're experimenting upon experimenting upon experimenting. So it's like you're you're going to you're not expecting everything to be smooth when you're going through all these all these different changes and stuff. So. Yeah, but I've been impressed with the games that they've been these these big teams you mentioned, right? Like these have been some obviously some dominant wins like Carolina and Florida are not easy wins. And they, they pretty much, especially in Florida, that's the one thing about the Panthers. The Leafs have had a hard time winning in Florida. Mm. I thought like, you know, you, you busted a bit of a trend there. You take, you know, you didn't have your best game against Ottawa, but you still find a way to win. Like I'm the, the only game really over the last while that I really had an issue with was the one against the Canucks and the Islanders. Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo was a pain in the pain in the rear, but they also had that really nice game against Buffalo too. So I thought it kind of canceled a little yeah, bit. Sure. But yeah. like the like, it was more so because the Canucks one and the Islanders one, they kind of just gave up yeah. the way through the game. That's where I had the issues with those two games. But again, if we're gonna criticize them with those ones, we also have to give them props for the ones that they do really well as well. Um I'm gonna let you answer this question. How much of a conversation should we be having about the fact that Morgan Riley was not in the lineup tonight due to rest is what we were told. A little bit of a load management situation uh, and how well they played defensively in his absence. Uh, I mean, you can you can take that as uh, I know a lot of people have said they look a lot better defensively without him in line. 
I guess that's true. It also kind of depends on situations, right? What's what's happening in the game? Matt Murray had a really good game. Has he always had a good game when Riley's in the lineup? Not always, right? Like, I think I think to pinpoint on one player is always tough. I think the team had a way better commitment to defense in this game than they did in the last game. So unless Sheldon Keith decides, all right, we're just going to not have Riley play the next game, then I think we can say something. But I look, he hasn't been good. He's said it. It's not like it's a hidden secret or anything like that. So I, I think you still have to figure out a way to get him going. I think just not having a play just doesn't work, in my opinion. So I think it all comes down to how they commit together as a team defensively rather than how one player plays yeah. defensively. So I know it's easy to go out and find the whipping boy in this situation. I know Morgan Riley is it right now, but I'm not there. I'm not there just because teams win games, not one player. It is weird, though, how much more collectively the team seems to play defensively when Riley's not in the lineup. Like, that that's the only thing that's kind of bizarre about it, right? Like, it's more bizarre than it is concerning for me. Um, just because, like, you even think back to when both he and Brody were out of the lineup, that's arguably the best defensively that this team has played all season. And that's their two best defensemen who are out, and it's just weird. And then he's out again tonight, and it's been a string of really tough games defensively. And all of a sudden, you've got complete buy-in from the team, and they go out and they win the game, and they have their best defensive game in terms of expected goals against since February 15th. Like yeah. it's, just, it's just weird. No, it is. That, that game was against the Blackhawks. Like that, does that even count? Does that even no. count? Like, if you if you don't take that game, you have to go all the way back to uh, to January to find a game where they had a lower expected goals against than they did tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's there is a correlation. I also just think the team plays a different style when Riley isn't in the lineup too, right? Well, is that style better? I... <laughs> I, it's it's a legitimate question. And I, don't legitimate. Know, I don't know the answer. I'm not saying I'm not saying they do play better and they're better off without him. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just, you know, asking you the question. You are answering the hard question. <laughs> I know. I I think yes, there are games where he they have looked better without him in the lineup. But at the same time, I also think, you know, the team has also played differently as a as a group. Right, like, do you t- are you telling me that they played differently? They played the same way tonight that they did against the Islanders. No, they didn't. No. So, like, that's that's where I have the hard time saying, oh, things look so different because Morgan Riley's not on the lineup. It's just not the case for me. They they looked far more connected as a, as a group. Like to, yes. to your point, like they they one hundred percent did. Like Austin Matthews um, was great in support all night. You had Nylander who was doing a little bit better. Um, in support, obviously Marner's always out there. I thought that the the third line played pretty good. Like I, I just think the team overall had some really strong shifts um, for the most part. So uh, they played a, a pretty complete two way game, right? And it turned out to be a, a good victory. Six two was uh, was the final. You got a couple goals out of 
Matthews, which he hasn't been able to score multiple goals in a game really at all this year. So that was good to see. You ended up getting a goal from Nylander to break a mini drought. You had Bunting and Kerfoot both break their mini droughts. So it was a good game overall from uh, from the Maple Leafs. You had some players kind of get off the schneid, and hopefully that means uh, you know more good things to come for those guys. I'm hoping for for Bunts and Kerfoot that really springs them for a good final stretch run into, into the playoffs as well. Um, let's get into our three stars on the other side, Dave. Before we get into it, let's hear from one of our show sponsors. Yep. When your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding, hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is a, the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality candidates that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor posts, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. They are four more times likely to have a hire that could have all satisfy all your needs, according to Talent Nest back in 2019. So make sure you go to Indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. So that is indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. Gil Martin here, host of the locked on NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the locked on NHL podcast every Monday available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We're reacting to the Leafs' 6-2 win over the Florida Panthers. Just checking the scoreboard around the league. The Senators laid a beatdown on the Lightning, too, giving the Leafs a little bit of uh, help from their friends a little north. 7-2. to Wow. Holy smokes. Did they ever just kick the pills of the of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So appreciate it, Ross and and folks uh in uh-huh. in Sense Nation for that one. Definitely like it when the Leafs win a game, Lightning lose a game. Now I got what five points up, couple yeah. games in hand. Things look pretty good for uh for Toronto. Let's continue with tonight's game though for the Maple Leafs cuz you know, we've been chatting about it, really solid performance from a lot of people. But let's go through our three stars of the game. Dave, start off with your third star. I'm going to give it to Matt Murray. I think uh, he was solid. That's the type of game you need from your starting goaltender that, you know, is working his way back. I, I thought, you know, considering he he almost had the save of the year as well. I yeah. mean, uh, there's just not there wasn't much that you weren't many nervous moments. Like sometimes when you watch Matt Murray, there's some nervous moments in the game. I thought that was like he was calm, he was collected. Good Panthers team that have a lot of offensive talent. Also, people who are saying that he flopped on the goal that didn't go in, the one that Kachuk clearly pushed. Right. Which, he definitely saved that too, by the way. Did he not? Yeah, it looked like that was a save. It didn't look yeah. like it went in. That would have been interesting if they had to review that one as well. But yeah, no, I thought uh, 
I thought Matt Murray did it pretty well. The Panthers were coming. You know, they were they were pushing all night. They didn't let up, even though when the Leafs had uh, that sizable lead in the third, he kept the Leafs in it and gave them that chance to go on that scoring spree. Yeah, and I mean the the Leafs defensively did a good job, not allowing a lot of uh, of of you know grade A chances. Uh, they only gave up eight the entire game, only two in the third period when they got a lead and, and locked it down. So, um, you know, a pretty solid period from, from or a pretty solid game from start to finish defensively, which obviously helped um, Matt Murray tonight uh, for sure. Uh, I had him as my second star of the game, though. My third star of the game I think might surprise you potentially, um, but I want to give it to Callie Yarncroft. I thought that he was spectacular tonight. I, I know that technically you look on the score sheet and both goals were credited to Austin Matthews. And, and, you know, he obviously had, you know, an amazing shot on, on both of those. And it was like patented Austin Matthews, but I don't think he scores either of them. If it's not for Cali Yarncroft, like he didn't end up with any points on the night, but both of those goals, he was just putting in work in front of the net, screening the goaltender on the first one, and then on the second goal, like Matthews goes around the net and because he's got, he's engaged with a battle with Radko Gudis when he goes and lets go of him and he, Gudis goes to uh, attack Matthews, he kind of takes a bit of a spill. It's almost a pick kind of play. And that gave Matthews the space to turn and fire and make it three, one. And, and that was kind of when the Leafs started to take, you know, advantage of that game. So I thought that he was fantastic. He had that one really good look too on the, on the breakaway there. I thought he was going to score just based on how his night had been going. He's battling in the corners, working for, for loose pucks. Yarncroft has been a great fit up with Austin Matthews. And uh, I think that maybe this is something that we could see going forward in the playoffs is Yarncroft, Matthews, Mitch Marner. Cause it looked really solid tonight. Those three as a, as a trio. Yeah, it's an important development here for the Leafs to have Cal Yarncroak in that top line winger role because it's been kind of one that's it's been unsettled for most of the for most of the year, right? Like, yeah, yeah, Michael Bunting has done a good job, but as of late, there was just something missing there. And I think Cal Yarncroak has just he's such a smart player. He's, he's back smart and he's a he's a stronger player than Michael Bunting. He can withstand those net front battles and not get pushed around. Like I remember I was watching the game against the Islanders and Bunting was trying to go to the front of the net. And I can't remember who the defenseman was. Maybe it was Pellick, maybe Dobson. Anyways, one of the Islanders defensemen, actually, I think it was Mayfield quite literally like rucked him away from the net, like a rugby ruck where he just kind of got low Mm -hmm. and just pushed him off. and, And it negated him from getting to the net. Right. Callie Yarmkrok battled in front of the net. He worked and got himself in front of the net all game long. And I guarantee you that pissed off Bobrovsky and made him think twice when he was in front of the net. And it also, you know, took the attention of the defenseman, which gave Matthews and Marner a little bit more space to work. Like, I think he's somebody, if you can have that net front presence, who's not just net front and being annoying, but can actually battle and work it there. That is a really good compliment to those two. And, and it seems like Yarncroft tonight, especially look like he can compliment that and play that role really well. Yeah. And, and this is not to, you know, totally put uh, Michael Bunting down, but I, I also just like that Yarncroft has that shooting ability. I think better shooting ability than Bunting because yeah. now teams have to respect that. And they're not just going to go and try to stop Austin Matthews from scoring. 
from trying to shoot, right? They have to respect what Yarnko can do. So he just he's just making a lot of the smart plays. Um, it's funny that I thought he would play more center on this Leafs team, but they seem to be more comfortable playing him on the wing. I mean, I have no problem with that. Um, let's just hope that this that this is something that can continue and he can continue to show this consistency. Yeah, absolutely. So he was my third star. I already told you I had Matt Murray as my second star. Who did you have as your second star? I had John Tavares. I thought he looked really strong tonight. Like that Michael Bunting goal doesn't happen with John without John Tavares. Like John Tavares misses a chance to score, uh, keeps on the puck, finds Bunting in front. Like I like that John Tavares doesn't give up on plays. That's yeah. kind of his big thing. He is so strong. He is so you want to talk about a player that's hard to knock the puck off of. John Tavares, I think, is probably the toughest, one of the toughest in the NHL. He is nice. that strong. So, um, you know, uh, Sheldon Keefe called him and Nylander out a couple of days ago saying that we need a little more from these guys. I think Tavares is starting to deliver. He's starting to get back into that offensive rhythm a bit. And, if, yeah. Three helpers. three helpers tonight. Three helpers, and he didn't need Mitch Marner on his line to do it. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, someone came on the power play, but five on five, I thought that was important to see. Like, if Bunting... Tavares and Nealer can be a line. That's a really good line in the playoffs. Well, now you've got your top six settled. You move Ryan O'Reilly into that three C hole, Achari back down to your fourth line. I think this is what we're looking at for game one of the playoffs. I think this is where things might end up settling for the last, uh, last couple of weeks here. And hopefully they can continue to play the way they did tonight. Um, and a guy in particular who needs to continue to play that he, play the way he did tonight because he had one of his best games in a while was Austin Matthews, who is the number one star of tonight's game. I'm sure you have the exact same player, you know, scored a couple of goals. He was big in his own end as well. Um, This is exactly what the Maple Leafs need from this guy going forward. If they're going to do any amount of damage in the playoffs, like if he's not playing at his heart elite level, you know, this team's they're, they're not going to go very far. I mean, they can, but way better odds of winning series and winning games when that guy's at his best. That's what we saw tonight. Turned into a 6-2 victory against a pretty good Panthers team who's been playing excellent hockey. Yeah, no, and I think, again, with Austin Matthews, he doesn't need to do a lot, right? He doesn't have to go around throwing the body. He doesn't have to, you know, skate with blazing speed. He just needs to make those smart plays, right? When players don't see him coming, he can strip them and turn it the other way. Um, that the first, you know, the second goal that he scored, where he comes around the net, doesn't look like he's really threatening that much, and then just turns around and poof, it's in the net, right? Like I, I think that's that's the Austin Matthews that the Leafs need, right? That one that can change the game with just one, you know, one uh, with one play. That's what he's that's what he's paid to do. And we're, I think, I think, you know, ever since we found out that he was dealing with an injury and he's working his way back, you can see, okay, there was a legitimacy to why he wasn't playing well. This wasn't just a player kind of dragging along a little bit. Yeah. On the ice for uh, 10 scoring chances tonight, uh, he was five to one, was the 
uh, high danger chance uh, difference when he was out there on the ice tonight. So uh, really, really strong performance from from that line as a whole. And Austin Matthews obviously being the, the main anchor there. So those are our three stars of tonight's game. Anything else or anyone else you want to shout out about tonight's uh, matchup? Oh, uh, I mean, we've already given Kerfrey a little bit of love for breaking out of that out of that slump there. Tavares helping him with that, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm just thinking. I don't think there was really anybody like the 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 guys that need to step up and have a bounce back game did it. I think that was the important thing for tonight. So I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, buddy. Uh, all right, we will leave it at that. A uh, couple more games back to back this weekend. They've got uh, who do they have Saturday? Where am I blanking? Carolina. Carolina. They got Carolina. On Saturday, and then a back-to-back there in Nashville on Sunday. So pretty, uh, pretty tough one Saturday, Sunday. Probably see Joe Wall, I would assume, right? Ilya Samsonov with his kid. They maybe give him, you know, a few days, and they'll say, "We'll, uh, you know, stay in Toronto with your wife. We'll meet you there, and then you can get that game on Wednesday against the Panthers." And we'll probably see murray against carolina wall against nashville samsonov against the panthers next wednesday that sounds likely to me see it sounds like a plan yeah we'll see we'll see what happens sheldon keith has a lot of tricks up his uh up his sleeve and doesn't often like to tell us what they like to do but that would be uh that would be the rotation that i believe i would implement but again i'm not the coach so it don't really matter what i have to say uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Leave a like and a comment down below if you're watching here on YouTube. That'd be greatly appreciated. We'll be back with another episode on Monday. We'll recap what happened over the weekend. Um, actually, before we leave, what happened in uh, the Minnesota game? Did Minnesota win? They were winning four two when I uh, okay. when I logged in. Last I saw, it was two two. So actually, yeah, it was two two. Last I saw, so if they're up four two, they probably won, which means uh, Matthew Nye signing day will not come today. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's over. I, I was trying to filibuster while you you yeah, found I'm, the score. Sorry, the middle <laughs> Twitter machine was a little slow on the update on that one. Uh, let's see, men's hockey. Yep, it was. Oh, geez, Luke. It turned into a nine-two final. Excuse me. They were down two-one at one point. Yeah. It. Uh, let's just say the game opened up. Okay. Let me. All right. We gotta find out what Matthew Nyes did in that game. Look it up. See. Let's see how many points he had in that. You gotta assume nine goals for Minnesota. He had to have factored in and got you what three points. You know what's funny? I was trying to look up the I was trying to look up the stats from this game, and the website was very, very slow. So I think a lot of people were uh, were were trying to get those updates. Probably. So, oh, don't tell me it's going to be say, see same issue. It is so slow. Ugh. So I don't think we are actually going to be able to get that right now. Nine to two is crazy. Oh, I have it. Took me three seconds, guy. What well, are you doing? I don't know. Uh, how many points did I say he was going to have? I think, what, two, three? <laughs> you just held off the score sheet, dude. Wow. 
Held off the score sheets? Really? I will say, I will say watching him, there was a play where he was on the penalty kill and just busted him for an open chance and almost scored. But yeah, a little surprising in a 19 game, he did not score a single point. Cooley had three points, his teammates. Bryce Brodzinski had a hat trick in that game. Luke Middlestad, who I believe is Casey Middlestad's brother, scored in that game. And then uh, Jimmy Snuggerud, who's his line mate. Like, his line mates are all putting up points, but he didn't get a point. What's that not? How do you get nine goals and not get a point? You're supposed Seen to be. In the NCAA, kid. Not an NHL. No, I'm joking. Supposed to be the savior for the Maple Leafs here, and he, he's not even getting a point on a. It's point night. You score nine goals. Like, that's point night. You got to get on the score sheet. Gosh, that's tough. Anyways, you'll have another game. So that continues. So Matthew Nyes will not be a Maple Leaf this weekend. He continues on his road to the Frozen Four. We want him to win anyways. Like I, I saw some people online saying, oh, we are now all Canisius fans because we want Matthew Nyes to lose and come to Toronto. No, I would rather him be a winner, have that experience, and then come to Toronto and know how to win important games, play in those big important games because that's what we want you to be able to do here. And, and, and have that experience. Different level, obviously. But I still think that that would be more beneficial than an early exit and an extra, what, two games this season? No way. Go win a championship, Matty Nice. Go win a title, bro. Do it. Right. That'll do it now for us. <laughs> we'll uh, catch you back next weekend. Enjoy the games uh, Saturday and Sunday, the doubleheader. And uh, we will see you all on Monday. Until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.